Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What about people that are on the fence with you? No, unless you are um, a complete yes man, I don't fuck with you. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, I like what you just said right there. All right. Well, we're uh, we're live. We're live. We're live. Boys read the Bible. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Well, Happy Pride Month. Room. We're going to be discussing Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> and we have a packed crowd for it. So Woo! let's uh, yeah. have everyone announce themselves. Starting with you and then going around the room. Starting with who? They don't see this room. I know, but I'm pointing <laughs> at you, so you should probably get the message. Okay. Uh, uh, it's Luke with the NIV. Uh, and I have Indu next to me. You're not going to let me introduce myself? Uh, you can do it again. I'll edit that out. Okay. I'm, I'm in- <laughs> you won't edit that out. You're who? I'm, I'm Indu. You did a better job than I did. Uh, I'm back again, bitch. It's Jackie. Fuck yeah. And Lee? What Bible you got, bud? I got the North American Standard. I'm, I'm Daniel. I'm just a guy that I used to know, they used to know Luke. Back in the day. Just a guy I used to know. Sorry, New American Standard. Not North American Standard. New American New Standard. New American Standard. NATO endorsed. Yeah, it's NATO boy endorsed. into money bags and your boy and giraffes holding down the uh, New American bastardized message. Or the message. There we go. Uh, I, mean, we got I would there. just call it the message, but... It's pretty funny. Out of all the translations we got tonight, folks... Nick and I possess probably the most comic relief out of a lot of the horrible shit we're going to read tonight. The best one? Yeah, this one's going to give us some laughs and giggles amongst all the stonings and, and uh, you know, whatnot that we're about to get into. Word, so it's like Louis C.K. presents the Bible. I'm excited. I mean, a little less jabby. <laughs> yeah, but we don't but, jerk off you know, in front of yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not excited now. Well, Noah did. If there were an episode to do it, this would be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did Nick introduce himself? I was introduced. Okay. That's right. Nick over there. Uh, Sorry, my name Nick. is Andrew, also known as Baker. Um, you might have heard me on the back half of one of the previous episodes. Chapter 11. Chapter 11, yes. Um, 
but I don't know what's going on, and so you missed the first half, so uh, there was some quality content that you didn't get to hear from me. So, yeah, uh, there, what are you talking about? Who's edited it? There was a weird glitch with Andrew where every time he starts talking, he cuts out. So uh, he's there, he's just not really there. But he's definitely going to be in this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm reading the uh, new international version as well. The NIV. Nice. All right. And uh, I'm Alex. I'm going to be reading the King James Bible. Yeah, sure. You I said that so questioningly, it. and now I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. King James Version. KJV. KJ, oh, really? Yeah. The KGB is here. We will ask the questions. <laughs> Just in time for Pride Month. <laughs> so we have a bunch of people, so we're going to try uh, our best. I'll, I'm going to try my best to edit it well so that everyone can be heard, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Daniel, you've never done this, so make sure you talk into a mic when you talk. So, like, right here. Uh, no, you're fine, as long as your mouth is, like, facing... That direction? Or to the wall. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's parallel yeah. with that thing, you're good. You do have, Just like, a like slightly quieter voice than some people here, so, like, maybe lean in? Maybe whisper a bit more. We're on... We're at the slow jazz hour tonight in this first half. <laughs> it's so slow, you probably won't hear any of it. Okay, before we get going, uh, we need to reintroduce Andrew. Andrew, how did you meet the Bible? Well, so I met the Bible because I was raised pretty Catholic. Uh, my whole mom's side of the family is Irish, so it was, like, hardcore Catholicism. And uh, I left the church after um, I went through confirmation, which is baptism, but when you're an adult. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, the church that I went to had some stuff that I really did not agree with. I don't want to put that on all the churches, but just from my experience, that's the only really church that I've consistently gone to. And how do you feel about the Bible now? I mean, it's fine. If it helps people find community, that's cool, but like I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it as like literature? It's I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of like rules written for literature. Like I can read Harry Potter and it's not going to tell me to cut off part of my body, but and you ain't reading the right Harry Potters. This oh is the OG. Okay, this is, this is a special occasion question. How do you feel about gay people? They're pretty cool. They are. I mean, I stand up for gay people. It's. Wait. That didn't make sense. I stand up for gay people. It's just a very deep seated prejudice. I only like stand the up for them. <laughs> he actually salutes every gay person. No, oh, that's Thank horrible. You Thank you, you for serving. <laughs> Are you insinuating a Baker takes a knee? Or two knees? Whoa, bacon, bacon, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those of us who have slept with men, those of us who have slept with men appreciate you, Baker. Thank you. Well, Daniel, how did you meet the Bible? Um. I don't know, I was just, just on my phone one day and I just swiped right, that's it, it just came to <laughs> yeah. the Bible. What happened yeah. after you swiped right? Can you tell us that story? It fucking sucked, dude, I got stood up at Chipotle. What was your opening line? My opening line? Yeah, I was what like, did you do? Usually what I usually go with is, uh, if you were a jewel pod, you'd be mango or some gay shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that transitions really nicely into uh, how do you feel about gay people? They're just, they're just people, you know? Those. You know? Yeah. There's like any other person. Like, just some people are cool. 
And some people suck, you know? I see what you did there. <laughs> wow, there's layers. <laughs> this is Luke from the future speaking. Editing in because we forgot to introduce Hindu along with all of the other uh, new people. So we introduced her like an hour into the episode. So there's a few spoilers, but I feel like that's not that important because everyone knows what happens to this city. Um, but here's Andrew's introduction. Oh, uh, well, I remembered when I went to go get a bite of ice cream that while we did reintroduce Andrew and introduce Daniel, we did not ask Indu how she met the Bible. I... <laughs> well, that's okay, because I haven't really met it. What do so. you think of it? Um, it's good. I like it. You like it? I'm enjoying I mean, I've listened to the previous episodes, and I liked that, so... Do you agree with what God did here, generally? Um... Do you the like genocide? This? Yeah. Do you like it? Um, I'm gonna go neutral on that. Neutral. Yeah. Okay. Is there a genocide wow. that All you right, like? So we've more established Indus neutral on genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Feels nothing on it. <laughs> Feels <laughs> no remorse. Perhaps even worse gen- than being pro genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Final question: How do you feel about gay people? Well, you could um, also, if you want to go like more on your background of. Faith of whatever you're, you're welcome to, but if you just want to um, talk about honestly, I just did not really grow up with faith. Um, I kind of wish I had a lot of the time. Um, but my, I mean, my parents are Hindu, but they're not like super religiously Hindu, they're more culturally so. And um, yeah, and so like I would, whenever I would go to like religious events and stuff, it was never in a language that I understood, so it, it just wasn't. I would just go kick it in the back with the other kids, but um. Yeah, so I'm not, I don't have too much spirituality Word. in my background. Hell yeah. Have you had spiritual moments? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, like what? What's a spiritual moment? Um, well, I visited some Buddhist temples that have been pretty, pretty cool. That's the closest to, I think, religious spiritualism that I've gotten. Badass. Um, and then drugs, obviously. So, yeah. so uh, how do you feel about gay people? Um, pro. Neutral. I'm gonna go pro. <laughs> we need more of them. You're a pro gay people? I'm pro gay people. I feel like we actually do need more of them. We need more gay people. Yeah, we do. There are a lot of them. I think they just, a lot of them are maybe not out. They're worried the God's gonna of, smite them like this. Yeah, he's gonna unleash brimstone and fire. And that's the end of the edit. Uh, back to where we left off. I do think it's important to note that the church that I went to was very not down with gay people. Uh, There was a point in my uh, confirmation where they were going around the room and asking, so if you're at your work and you see someone at a water cooler come up to you and start talking about gay marriage, what are you going to say to them? And I was one of the first people to go up, so I said... Isn't your dad gay? Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah. You better hope you don't have a water cooler. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. What is it you would have to say to him if you had a water cooler? I mean, well, so the answer that I gave was like, well, the Bible says to do unto the others as you've had done to you. And uh, let he who is without sin cast the first stone and love thy neighbor. So I'm like, I think those kind of override all the minutia. Like, if you have just that, you can still say like, well, I'm a good Christian because I love my neighbor. But they were like, nope. And they sat me down for like a full hour and went into great detail about why I was wrong, but that evolution was still okay with the Bible. So why were you wrong out of curiosity? I, I don't remember, but I mean, one of those things where 
my mom sat me down afterwards too and like had another hour long conversation. She was embarrassed by your love. I mean, it, it's, it's not really love. The it's just saying like, Christ hey, maybe we shouldn't them. actively like persecute these people. I think that's a like a, that's a fair proposal. Yeah, I don't think uh, Christ, even if Christ, let's say Christ did disapprove of it, he still would not actively persecute them. Like he just with the woman at the well, he didn't approve of her prostitution, but he had no oh, spoilers. <laughs> let's jump into the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, shall we? Oh boy. Because this is one I hear referenced all the time, but like, it can't have been that bad, right? It can't have been that bad. Okay, let's find out. That's one of those characters All of the from... people in Sodom and Gomorrah? It couldn't have been that many. No, I mean, it's, all, it's an entire town. Yeah. Full of debauchery? No way! <laughs> that sounds sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of them? It's got to be exaggerated. We haven't started reading it, and Noah has drawn the words Sodom and Gomorrah next to a star of David and what he described as a dumpster fire. <laughs> I drew the truth. I drew my truth. <laughs> All right, well, Alex, you want to kick us off? All right, I'll take us away. We're starting at 18.1 and going until 15. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and, lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found a favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye, ye your hearts. And after that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man. And he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, as he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child, which am old? thing too hard for the Lord at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son then Sarah denied saying I laughed not for she was afraid and he said nay but thou didst laugh what we know about God so far is that like it's pretty clear that he's omnipotent right yeah yeah 
So why would you lie to God like that about yeah. something so small? <laughs> I didn't laugh. Yeah, you did. I, I know everything. But also, wait, wait, had that, had that been like God? What are you talking about? I actually don't think we've seen that yet in the Bible. About om, omnipotent and omnipresent. That, I, I made a note because that is the first time that it's yeah. kind of ensured. Because we have talked about that in the past where there's not a lot of evidence that he's omnipotent. We just assume it. This is the first time he is omnipotent. Sarah laughs behind the tent, and he knows that she laughed. Adam and Eve, when they hid, God looked for them and asked them, "Why were you? What, what, what are you doing?" Yeah, uh, he he had some semblance of ignorance. Yeah, it's an odd reason to show your hand, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, weird. Like, he sounds like really hurt in this one because he goes. Yes, you did. You laughed. Like, he, he was I just that awestruck. No, I'm, I'm, you think this is a fucking joke? Also, just a note, I'm amazed I'm that gone. they uh, so quickly roasted a whole calf. That's yeah. kind of just mind-blowing. They did it French On style. The job, that shit sounds kind of fucking tasty. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, you got it right there. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you think he could cook a whole calf in like five minutes? That's true. Yeah. yeah. If you had an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, this has been a whole thing where Indu has been trying to convince me that I need to get an air fryer. You should. Don't, don't they, dude, they're the shit. Don't give in. Oh, I love air fryers. They're good. They're, they're good. The shit, it's like, just a convection oven. It is, but it's a small but It's a small it, it mini convection oven that sits on All your right. counter. Rhonda Matter is more important than this biblical text. The air fryer <laughs> is a solid home appliance. <laughs> don't let anyone tell you Luke different, folks. It, like, it is a, what a microwave is to an oven. Um, it's it's like almost like a toaster oven it's, with a convection no, feature. Are not as fast as um, they aren't as fast as an air fryer. I refuse. Luke, to do we have sponsors on this podcast? Not yet. Yo, we need to reach out to some air fryers. <laughs> we can get an air fryer sponsorship. Cool, yeah. I can sell so many air fryers. <laughs> Just in like for five minutes. The air fryer is great. <laughs> And the Lord said unto them, Take of my body, put it in the air fryer at 450 degrees for... Anyways, uh, so yeah, a first example of God's omnipotence. It happens... Or, or he could be like, I mean, he likes Abraham. He could have just been, you know, hanging around Abraham, hiding because he's God and he has hiding powers. Sneaky. You know... That is a, a weird sneaker. thing that actually happened to this one, too, where at the very beginning in verse 1 and 2, it's kind of unclear as to whether or not God has hidden himself as God. Because Abram just sees three strangers, and he kind of like, he just, he's like, oh, yeah, I better, I better get him a like, calf. <laughs> but, yeah, also the way it's written in mine, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. And then Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. Wait, you just said trees of Mam- Mamre? Yeah. Mine, Why would mine they... specifically says oaks. Yeah. Huh. Mine says planes. <laughs> <laughs> Translation. They don't know what's there. Like, aer- <laughs> like airplanes? An area. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the International Air Force Base of Mamre. Yes. <laughs> Abraham lives in like an airplane boneyard. Well, just to say that it seems weird that the Lord would appear right in front of Abraham and then he's like, See those three guys over there, though? I want to go talk to them. Yeah, those three. Yeah, <laughs> that, that whole section is kind of confusing. So you can probably guess that the church claims these three men are the Holy Trinity. Uh, ah. that's, that happens a lot. Uh, we'll find out later why it's probably not true, because in the next chapter, it pretty specifically describes who two of these men are, and it is not Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And one said, I'm uh, not oh. the Holy Spirit. So this isn't the first Trinity sighting? No, not the first Trinity. Well, it could be. False Some alarm. churches claim it is, but 
Oh, so they like these two other people. They they like them, yeah. But it is also confusing because God appears and then there is three men. So it's very unclear if God is one of these three men or if God is like appears and then he's one of the three men. It's like a magic trick. Or if maybe like people knew like these three men or three like represented God. Yeah. Yeah, there, there may be, like, the us that we see a lot, where, like, there's a group that's a god. We're like, oh, shoot, it's the synthesis of duality. Fuck, that's god. <laughs> oh, shit, the synthesis of duality. <laughs> Can't count the times I've caught myself saying that. <laughs> Fuck, when did you get here? Shit. I was just trying to make breakfast. They also kind of skirt around providing, like, actual numbers for the ages here. Because I'm not sure if we're still at the point where people live like 400 or so years or if it's like i think it's less now yeah if I, a ballpark where they are they're around 90 because i think they have their first son spoiler at 100 started eating processed uh, food 18 11 and 12 the message says abraham and sarah were old by this time very old sarah was far past the age for having babies Sarah laughed within herself. An old woman like me got pregnant with this old man of a husband? <laughs> this okay. old bastard? Yeah. yeah he so, he's been so dry for ten years. The message, though, says she laughed within herself? Yeah. yeah. yeah like, my, my my to yeah, herself. I said that though? as well. In her thoughts, she's huh. like, what a humorous thing. Like, that's ridiculous. And then it gets like an awkward silence when God says, why'd you laugh? She goes, I didn't. And he goes, yeah, you did. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed. <laughs> Trying to lie. Yourself. It's like a real convo killer. <laughs> Imagine that being the way that you break to your friends. You've been telepathic the whole time. <laughs> why, why did you laugh at what I said? What? <laughs> <laughs> That would be kind of kind of creepy. I feel like it's kind of the past ninety years. Abram has just like not known that God can read his mind. He's like, oh no! I feel like they're establishing God as kind of this like petty, self conscious character at this point. Because they're like, yeah, we built a tower so that you can't flood us again, and he's like, you know what? No. Screw you guys, and just pushes them off. And then he has someone laugh at him in their head and just reveals that he's telepathic because of that. It's like the insecurity of eighth grader almost. I don't know. Could be a little sacrilegious like to say, that. but like, I mean, you left the church, so you can say anything sacrilegious now. That's I'm damned going, to hell. Should, to, yeah, I, you have to go to hell, but you get you get freedom of speech now. Wait, you get freedom of speech now? Yeah, word. Okay, that so way you can just, say, "Damn, this sucks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, the only reason you have it is so that other people can say mean things to you for eternity. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But you can also say mean things. Yeah, you can say mean things back. So that David's gonna be like, "Yeah, fuck you." And you're like, "Oh." They're like, "Oh, well." First clause, when you come to hell, sorry, I can say it too. You can say fuck you back to me. So you're just having, you're just litigating with a demon. You're like, no, that hurt my feelings. If you, if you have freedom of speech, does, does my damnation have to suck all the time? Abram, Abraham pleads for Sodom. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children from his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about from Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, 
The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What is there? Uh, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep? Oh, is that where we're supposed to stop? Oh, okay. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not uh, spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treat it, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I only find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord... I was saying this guy just... Just a baller at negotiating. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, you you stopped at fifty, but we got forty five. <laughs> you're well, telling me you're gonna kill a whole city for 45, a little bit further, forty five, forty five, forty five, thirty, yeah. thirty, thirty. We're going down to thirty five. We're going back up to thirty five. And God's like, okay, now you say it like that. Okay, I can't kill. Okay, I can do forty five. And they're like, okay, well, you're stopped at thirty five, but now. But is if there's 30, that's only five less from 35. You can't just kill a whole city for that. And he's like, it also seems like one of those things where you have to hit a word limit on your essay. Yeah. <laughs> then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found here? That he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? <laughs> How many people could do this when, like, negotiating with God? <laughs> well, he's being pretty lenient. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll, whatever. I'll try again. I, I like how God's original intention was just, like, spitballing 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, after talk with Abraham, he's, like, you know, worked, worked down a little found bit. A like, better number. Okay, I can see that 50 was a little unreasonable. Like, all right. <laughs> Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try negotiating this at Best Buy. I'm going to try his I'm gonna try his tactic. He's like, okay. You now see- that I've been b- so bold as to speak ashes and dust to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see this computer's 600, but, I mean, it's only. Can I get this Acer for 550? <laughs> see, it's only less than 50. I mean, I'm but but a customer. (laughs) Made of ashes and dust. Now, Genius Bar Baxter, I I do not mean to anger you. For you, Lord of Israel. (laughs) For you, Geek Squad. (laughs) He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Wow. Well, one of the things I'm curious about, too, is they... If there's five good people? Well... (laughs) (laughs) No, they haven't really established how big Sodom is. Have they? They haven't. Okay. So if this is, like, a town of, like, 51 people, then that changes versus if it's a place with, like, 500 people. Yeah, they don't know how big it is. I can give you like a little imp- bit of information on how big it is. 
It's one of the uh, four cities on the plains of the, the Sidim, Sidim Valley that was in a previous chapter, I think like chapter 15 or 16, where there's a big war with Mesopotamia. So it is a big enough city to fight off Mesopotamia. Well, heavy metal. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no, ancient. We don't know if they're small but scrappy. Yeah, they could be small but scrappy. Who knows? But I bet if it's like a party town, like they probably have a lot of people flocking there. Everyone's coming. Yeah, it's a yeah. party town, dude. I mean, well, at this point in the Bible, like God hasn't set down like a huge amount of ground rules on how you should live. <laughs> so, like, now's a good time. How, to does, how does he expect these people to know what right from wrong is? As well, that's they don't laugh well, at him that's what he's gonna that. he's gonna show his wrath right now. But, <laughs> he's gonna make an example. He's of gonna him. make an yeah. example. I mean, it's like an abusive father that, like comes home like. At like uh, eleven every night, and just starts beating you for no. Even though you've never done the dishes in your life, like you're like, yeah. (laughs) What did I tell you about doing the dishes? dishes. (laughs) I just catch you asleep at three a.m. in the morning. I beat your ass right now. (laughs) I noticed that it said that the men kept going, but Abraham stood in front of God. So I like the thing that God appears, and then quickly his entourage follows of those three guys, and that's how he shows up. I don't go anywhere without my boys. (laughs) Mine just uses them interchangeably. I also noticed that, like, it alternates between using, like, singular pronouns and uh, plural pronouns. For the group as a whole? Yeah, but also, I mean, they're also representative of God. I picture him like a rapper in, like, a a bottle service couch in a club, and, like, someone comes up and he's like, you're going to bother us? And he's pointing to all his people around him. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, a note that I did make when I uh, when I went over this section in verse seventeen, it's kind of fun that God spends an entire paragraph monologuing to himself about whether or not he should lie to Abraham. Yeah, <laughs> I like that he was just saying that to Abraham. Should I lie to you right now? Yeah, yeah. Should I tell you my plans? <laughs> like an evil like Bond villain. And what we're talking about earlier too, with uh, him knowing that Sarah laughed inside of her head. Uh, he then immediately flips the script and he's not omnipotent anymore and he has to go to the city of Sodom to find out if it's as evil as he's heard. Well, he wants to keep the mystery alive. <laughs> likes, he likes the tea, dude. Also, you know, because we were talking about, like, they haven't established uh, right from wrong, really. Well, no, I guess they did that in the garden, but it's really vague at this point still. If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom. Abraham is kind of establishing, like, right from wrong by, like, negotiating with God. Like, it's kind of crazy that he... Sodom is a rival nation to him, to Abraham. That's kind of what the first section, like, it kind of puts them at odds with each other. And then he's, like, walking with the God as he, like, approaches Sodom ready to, like, kill shit. He's like, well, come on. Like, we don't have to do this. Like, that's kind of establishing, you know, that's a nice thing to do. Love, Love thy enemy. Now, okay, so I'm not too well-versed in this whole Bible thing. So is Abraham on God's side or is he on Sodom's side? So when he's negotiating, is he like, is he like more for the Sodomites or is he like, or is he like God, like, dude, so you're highballing. There's, there's no way there's that many people there. The way that it's written in mine, it says Abraham pleads for Sodom as like the title for this section. Yeah, but I would say generally Abraham's like God's boy. He's like, God's boy? Yeah. It's like he, he makes it his clear. star receiver. When God has somebody, he's like, I know I'm going to. Like when God's like, yo, I'm going to kill 50 of these people. Like, no, he's like, no, I'm going to find 50 of these people. And he's like, there's no way there's 50, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
You're yeah. high. You're highballing way too much. That's bro. a good point because he might. Abram it doesn't, it doesn't make it clear what Abram's motives are for talking him down. But Abram's uh, nephew Lot lives in Sodom, so he has family in Sodom. But other than that, he doesn't really have a reason to like talk down God from his rage. Because he even like pleased to God as like judge of all the world. You wouldn't do something that crazy. To, to me, it sounded like he was mainly like questioning what is the value of. He was questioning to God, what is the value of killing one person? Like, is it worth, like, killing one good person to kill ten bad people or twenty bad people? Trolley problem. Yeah. To quote Paul Pot, (laughs) it's better to kill an innocent by accident than spare... An enemy by accident. Oh, okay. I thought that's heavy metal. I thought like, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I like that. I think that's on our whiteboard. That's like a camel it is on our whiteboard, there, dude. Yeah, it does feel like a trolley car problem. Like yeah, Abraham is kind of explaining to him, like, uh, like okay. Abraham's like, oh, look, God, you don't get how it is down here. It's hard to be good, man. <laughs> they're, they're like, you literally only picked me. <laughs> I'm the only good person, and the only other good person was Noah. <laughs> and Noah was like Noah's 900 years ago. <laughs> I like to think that Abraham was just like, I, I really was planning on going there next week. Please don't destroy it. I heard there's crazy shit. I want to see it. He's going to hit the casino, guys. He's like, yeah. he's ruining hold it off for a month or two? I've been saving up for this, and he's going to ruin everything. He's like, I just heard of Bussy the other day, <laughs> and it's everywhere there. you telling me you're going to destroy that for me? Come on. I thought we were boys. I thought we were boys, God. Lot, lot living there, like, it makes a lot of sense, though. Lot? Yeah, Lot living there, that's why... why... Do you think Lot belongs in a place like that? Well, no, that, that's why uh, Abraham, like, doesn't want... Or it seems to be pleading with him, like, hey... Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. negotiating for, like, hey... I thought you were saying Lot's a party boy or something? Like, Lot, like... Well, he did move to Sodom. Yeah, so he has to be. Yeah, I'm imagining the reason they split up is Lot and Abraham, when they were sharing the same fields, Lot's fields would, like, just stay up till three, like, just fucking partying. Yeah. Just imagine Sodom is, like, a college college town. It's it's all college kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, no law, so, like, it's scary and cool at the same scary. time. <laughs> like, terrifying but beautiful at the same time. I, I couldn't imagine, yeah. Yeah, like, at, like, like three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, like... Like, like three in the store. afternoon is probably like pretty chill. Like, well, look at all these people just hanging out and partying. And then three a.m. It's like, oh wow, this is kind of fucking terrifying. It, it, there's like a guy like chasing a woman down the street, and they're both screaming. Yeah. And you're like, what? Are what? They, what was that? Is this? <laughs> are they supposed to be having fun? Is this fun? <laughs> Should I call? The, there's no police. There's Daniel. no police. <laughs> That's there's all the bussy that you can that you can smoke though. <laughs> funny thing in my version um it's set up like a joke so the section immediately preceding this says abraham pleads for sodom and then this section is sodom and gomorrah destroyed <laughs> <laughs> like a curb your enthusiasm type of yes. <laughs> like segue i love it dude hell yeah i wonder if there were 10 good people in that town oh wait Subtitles. Ima- there were yeah. not. I'm imagining at the end of that verse, he's like, "If ten good people are there, Abraham, I'll spare it." And Abraham like has a big smile on his face, and he like turns around and he's walking home. He's like, "I did something good today." God wakes me in the morning. I only found nine, bitch. <laughs> Let's yeah. burn that shit. It jump cuts to just like fire on the horizon the next morning. <laughs> Abraham standing there on the hill, like hands on his hips, like wow. Really thought I had that one. Yes. <laughs> just gripping his hair, just like, oh. 
five. Should have said five. Yeah, should have said five. Brought him down to five. Yeah. But I mean, this all this this also shows that like the Lord is not om- om- omnipotent. Where like he actually has to go to Sodom to find out, you know, how many pe- how many good people there are there. Like, damn, yeah. everybody here is a shit bag. Yeah, everybody nobody's good. Maybe it drains his mana. <laughs> maybe should level, maybe God should summertime. level up then. I don't know. <laughs> Only when I'm really feeling hot that day. It's pretty tough when you're on the top to want to keep leveling up. How many kids does Abraham have? He has none. He has none. Yeah, that's his plight. That's why both of them are like, we can't have fucking kids, God. What do you? That's or right. ninety. Or 90. <laughs> that's right. Okay. And he's like, you, you silly, you silly gooses. You don't know. You don't know what's coming. I'm like, charging him my mana. He's like, what if I, what if I kill a town of gay people? What if I do that? <laughs> Will that then make you have babies? <laughs> He's like, I don't know what gets you two going. I, I don't I'm know how these people work. I don't, don't know what I have to do to please you guys. Like, it's like an angry dad. That. He's like, fine, I'll fucking, I'll God's go like, in the shed and make something. Abraham's got to know at least ten people that are righteous, right? So if he really wanted to, he could just say, like, hey, can you guys go down to Sodom for tomorrow for a thing? Maybe they just have to be, like, Sodomese or whatever. Sodomese? Isn't it a Sodomite? <laughs> They're Sodomite. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, not now, like, it's a bad thing to be a Sodomite, but, yeah. like... Back then, it was sick. You have to be, <laughs> like, a, like, a citizen. Like, radical? Lot was a Sodomite, correct? Yeah, I'm actually going to Sodomite University uh, next <laughs> next spring. Oh, you're going to SU? <laughs> I'm super I mean, fucking really pumped. hard to get in. My dad's worried to party school, but uh, I'm excited. Really <laughs> tight to get in there. That's from what I've been told. Really tight. I've also heard Once you get in there, you're in. It's impossible to get out. Who's going to kick you At out? At times, it can be hard to get out. But yeah, dude, it's a tight fit, but I think you can make it. Yeah. yeah. I want some more information on what's going on in this place. Yeah, it's also weird that it's Abraham pleads for Sodom, and then it's Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed. Like, why was Gomorrah roped in? What did they do? Is Gomorrah like the land around Sodom? Is it a complete... Gomorrah is another city. Yeah. It never gets explained what they did wrong. <laughs> Maybe God was just pissed that, like, Abraham, like, bargained with him for a bit. It's like, you know what? Another city. I'm not even going to ask you about this other city. Trying to fucking you like bargaining? Me, bro. <laughs> My initial offer was one city. Now it's two. It's like a bargain all day, Abraham. <laughs> He's like, I am not a happy customer yeah. right now, Abraham. Baby or there's a third. Don't give me that ash and dust line. It's like, I'm so mad. I'm going to make a city and then destroy it. I know you've been you. thinking of that for an hour. <laughs> and there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called upon unto Lot, and said unto him, 
Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out to the out at the door unto them, and su- shut the door after them. And I and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Unlike his daughters, apparently. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn. And he will need to be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee? than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Wow. So, (laughs) yeah, Um, just first thing I want to note, yours says get to know them. Ours says had sex with them. Yeah. Um, Mine says, it says we can have our sport with them. (laughs) That's way worse (laughs) to me. When I saw that, I'm like, yeah, sorry, not especially colorful. Sporty. That sounds super molesty. And also, I think we need a cultural context cue right here. When we're talking virgin girls, there's a different context to what we consider a virgin nowadays to ancient times. These were very well probably prepubescent girls. Also, in the translation of the message, the angry mob kind of sounds more like middle school bullies. Because they say, get lost. Buzz off. Buzz off, (laughs) you dweeb. Get out of here. And he's like popping the gum like. I think it's pretty wild that these two angels are, like, yelling out as they're being groped. Hey, get out of here. You got anybody else over here? Get them out, too. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, the first thing is that the two men that were with God and set off towards Sodom, they're angels. They're not the Trinity. They're also gluten-free. <laughs> they're gluten-free, too. It says baking also, bread without yeast. God is gluten-free. Okay. It sounds like they originally were not going to spare a lot. He's like, stay with me. No, we're good. We know it's happy. He's like, really, really? He's like, okay, okay. They had to meet the one of ten righteous men yeah, in the like, city to know they were there. Like, uh, we don't want to get too attached. We know the end result here. Yeah, so uh, the thing that you guys, you noticed, Andrew, about knowing them uh, or sporting with them or having sex with them uh, is this is like the homosexual uh part of the bible other than two leviticus lines that also use the same term to know uh to lie with 
Um, it's really unclear as to what it means. Our translation has sex. His says to know. And I actually went down a whole rabbit hole about the original Hebrew for that word. It's yada, uh, to know. Uh, but it means a fuck ton of stuff. It means uh, anything from no knowledge to perceive, to shew, to understand, to outwit, to be acquainted, or to be cunning. So it can mean a lot more than just sex. Well, so but does it mean sex also? It can mean sex, too. It can mean, like, intimate knowledge of someone or just to, like, meet them. That must be confusing times when you're trying to introduce people and you're like, hey, you know Greg? <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know Greg. You're like, wow. <laughs> wow. okay. <laughs> Whoa. I just asked if you knew him. How long has that been going on? Knew him. Greg didn't tell me about that. <laughs> well, it was just briefly. Oh. Really? But I did, uh, I had some fun pulling verses from stuff we've already read that use the same Hebrew word yada to describe knowing. Uh, and I'm, so I'm, I'll read them to you and then I'm curious what you guys think this verse means. All right. By game knowing. show. Does he know him or does he Th- fuck him? Does he know him or does he fuck him? Genesis 5 3. For God doth know, and same know, uh, that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing, same know, good and evil. Genesis 3, 7, and the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Genesis 4, 1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Genesis 4, 9, and the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And Genesis eight eleven. Hey, where's your brother? And the dove yeah, I came in. I didn't have sex with him. That's my. I did not have sex with him. Fuck him, bro. I just want to know where he is. They're like, whoa, well, it's he all these nice. fucking questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from the earth. He did what to the waters? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Nick. Just keep reading. Uh, so yeah, there's some high varieties to what no in Hebrew means. So there could have been a lot more sex in the Bible than we previously thought. There could have been tons more <laughs> sex. So what if the Bible was actually just a fan fiction? <laughs> and just like somebody's like, dude, what if we just like try to sell this, like really sell this thing? <laughs> 50 Shades of Old Testament. <laughs> like sell it to the point where people are like killing each other over it. And they're like, dude, I love that idea. Let's boom, let's go for it. <laughs> Uh, these people, uh, crowd around their building and try to kick down their door to know them. Uh, and some versions interpret that as sex, which is a reasonable interpretation because it's used earlier in the Bible to mean sex too. But it also means just like knowing a dove came back and the water's gone. I don't know if we've gotten into this yet, but you said they were angels, right? They're angels. Okay. And so knowing about angels, there's a bunch of different kinds of angels and so they've said that they were men sexy angels (laughs) (laughs) are these the angels that are just like a bunch of rings floating around with eyes all over them and wings no it's not those ones it's not the humanoid angels yeah they're humanoid angels I mean now that I've heard that Sodom has like crazy rape mobs running around (laughs) I might be for destroying it yeah I guess this is a pretty bad introduction to the city (laughs) yeah I'm imagining the mayor comes up to Lot's door the next morning he's like I know you guys have guests in here. 
I just want to say we're not like this usually. <laughs> there are no. ten good people here. <laughs> <laughs> but but he would never get elected mayor if that was his like platform. <laughs> the mayor would be showing up like, sorry, you know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mayor's like more rape mobs. <laughs> I choose to believe that it's not a rape mob that they were just like really wanted to get to know them. It's like, hey, mine says it busted down the door and started groping the angels. <laughs> it depends on a rape mob. I don't know what it is. Also, also in mind, yeah, like, there's like some kind of context. Rape, like, hillbilly rape mob, yeah. Like, but, like, in the Middle East. <laughs> Middle Eastern hillbilly? Middle Eastern But, like, just think of the energy of a, like, a stereotypical hillbilly rape mob, but then just switch to Middle East. Instead of dueling banjos, it's dueling, like, dueling sitar? sitars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah something like that. I fuck with that, dude. They're, they're raping with, with uh, turbans on instead of backwards, you know, trucker hat. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, I fuck with that. You're on, a, you're on thin ice. You got a forward <laughs> trucker hat right now. Hey, why do you think it's going forward, man? I'm worried. It's for tough. <laughs> That's how you signal to other rape participants. <laughs> <laughs> you can flip that. Please don't around. make that a thing. Anyone who's wearing like a backwards hat, someone randomly walks in and maces them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've read the Bible. What were you about to say, Alex? I know your intentions. Uh, you know them? <laughs> no, no, like for, I know some for verse 8, in mine it says, Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. A father would not have daughters that have not known their father. Well, mine not says... man seems pretty suggestive. Like, I, I think it clearly means they don't mean no, like, oh, I know who that person is. Mine straight up says virgins. He yeah. says, I have two daughters. Virgins? Yeah. Virgins? Just like that? That's how I read it. Oh. <laughs> like, you just got me thinking now. I want to do a control F throughout the whole Bible and find no. And replace all of them as sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the context here makes it pretty clear it's probably sex. But it's also just one of those like translation things where this doesn't necessarily mean sex. Because the other times n to know is used, it's usually followed by, and she conceived. Or like, and they loved each other for the rest of their lives. It's usually pretty clear that no is like a degree of intimacy, not necessarily rape. Also, the, the past tense of no is new, and yeah. like a baby is like new life. It'd be like you walking up to a couple and saying the, the woman pregnant and being like, no. <laughs> you guys knew each other? Yeah. <laughs> How are babies? His daughters well, really when a mom didn't and a dad know, know each other very well. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. They think really hard about each other for nine whole months. <laughs> I think we should entertain the theory that his daughters actually just didn't know men, and he opens the door and they're like, "Who the hell are you?" Yeah, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm curious what you guys think about Lot immediately offering up his virgin daughters to a not rape even mob. Questioning it, not even thinking twice, not even like asking God if there's anything else he can do, if God can help him, if the angels can help. Him. No, no, it's just like I got these two like nine, ten year old girls like. That should calm them down. <laughs> well, First thought. Yeah. It's kind of like an immediate, really bad plan. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. one of those things where it's like, well, I guess if no one else is going to say anything, Got like kind of expecting the angels to come in, it's like, no, I can clean up your dishes. And then kind of like hoping that they'll be like, oh, no, we got this. Yeah. 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 I like to think that he has his daughters like in a glass case. He's like, oh, I've got daughters for this. And he busts it open and just starts throwing them out the windows. It's like an emergency act. Yeah. Breaking emergency case, case of God. Yeah. <laughs> emergency virgin. Breaking case of rape mob. Damn. <laughs> oh, boy.
Yeah, and what you said earlier, Andrew, about uh, he's got these angels here, and he's kind of like he should like maybe should have waited for the angels to do something. It doesn't really make it clear that he knows they're angels, uh, and that goes into a whole interpretation of this entire story that doesn't. That maybe the theme is not gay bad, uh, because maybe it, the theme is girl bad. Girl bad? No, it, it's the lot uh, is standing at the city gates, and these two strangers he immediately bows down to treats them as though they're lords and knows that his city is a bad city to stay the night in the town square for and brings them into his home feeds them washes them gets them ready for bed so it's a hospitality story it's not necessarily that he knew they were angels and he was like i'm gonna take care of some angels maybe god points it's that he was the only good man who wanted to just bring these people in and treat them as guests whereas the rest of the town wanted to just fuck around with them and I, I, I could see that as being Exercise like... Exercise a different kind like of hospitality. <laughs> yeah, that could be like the central story within. And if that's the case, the, him offering up to, to for his daughters to go out instead of them, it might be a joke that has kind of lost its shine over the like hundreds of years that... Less clear. Yeah, where like now it's like, Jesus, what the fuck? But like back then it's like, ha the guy was willing to give up his daughters yeah. for those guys. I understand. You be nice to the people. Yeah, it might have been like house. an over-exaggeration. That's actually... Yeah. That's... Like I'd give you this shirt off my back. I'd give you my two virgin daughters. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nuanced look. This is a like a comedic take on the Bible. Okay. The first I don't know. I do feel like women were pr- fairly disposable back then. I don't yeah. know. It, yeah, yeah, I don't feel that it, it would have been that far of a stretch to just offer your virgin daughters, uh, you know? Uh, actually, I mean, not for the for these people, absolutely. But I guess in the Jewishness of it all, the women would be very important for to keep the Jewish lineage. Oh yeah, uh, that that's would true. be I don't know. in I that don't part know. of the culture very important. But in this part, yeah, no, fuck them. I mean, like, it is a yeah. city where everyone's bad. Like that's kind of been established. It also Lot lives in the city. He knows that all the people are bad there, but he still continues to live there. Does he accept himself as being a bad person? And then should we like expect him to do anything less than throw his daughters out? Yeah, that's actually a good point. And there's a little bit of uh, like a cultural undertone to him being at the city gates. Back then, uh, town politicians were the people that stayed at the city gates. The city gate was more like a town hall or a government square than the just entrance. So that might be an implication that Lot is really important, uh, and he was welcoming guests in like politicians did then. And it also goes on to say in that section that uh, when he yells at the mob, like, leave these men alone, the mob yells back, look at this sojourner, or look at this foreigner that thinks he can judge us. It might have been that he was a foreigner that had climbed the ranks, uh, and so people kind of despised him. The mob sell, tells him, get lost, you drop in from nowhere, and now you're going to tell us how to run our lives. Exactly. Yeah, it might have been a dig at him, like, subjecting them to his more godly way of life through his position. But it's really unclear if that's what's going on. Really, the only evidence for that is that back then in Ancient City, people who stood around at the town gates were important. Okay. I'm just going to say, he's not asking that much of them. He's really He's not. He's like, just don't grope the strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Do it amongst yourselves, but like, give them a chance. And like, nah, man. Can't live under these strict rules. You fucking judging me? Yeah. Are you judging me for groping the stranger? I'll grope you for that. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll kick your goddamn door down. <laughs> so there was a, a brief comment about uh, what what what's like actually the sin here. Like, what did Sodom do? 
like actually do wrong because if it's not super clear that like rape was the goal here then like what makes them unrighteous because before we knew what happened to these angels it was kind of like a wise god chasing the city down and uh there's three verses that actually refer to sodom uh that have nothing to do with sex there's three verses later on in the bible that say what sodom did wrong was not sex it wasn't like can we guess yeah, get, guess. Okay, like, was it was was it they were not hospitable to people that came in their town? It could be interpreted that way, yeah. Well, I mean the stuff that like yeah the the other the other prophets comments on it yeah, yeah it so, could be interpreted so, that way. So Sodom was just basically like a big New York, just like unfriendly people, and God was just like, uh, people are mean here. <laughs> I asked for a coffee, and a guy was a dick to me. I got pushed in front of me in line. It's also kind of interesting that, like, we had the story before about the tower, or, um, uh, the flooding of the world, and he's like, I'm never gonna flood the whole world again, but, uh, look at this place over here, you mind if I just blow that up? <laughs> he's like, I didn't say flooding, but explosions. I'm a good guy, I'm turning over a new leaf, I'm never gonna destroy the whole planet at the same time again. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a bad guy, but sometimes I get in a situation where I think... What would a bad guy do? What would a bad guy do? Yeah, Jeremiah uh, says in regards to Sodom, but in the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen a more shocking thing, the commitment of adultery and walking in lies. They strengthen their hands of evildoers so that no one turns from wickedness. All of them become like Sodom to me and its inhabitants like Gomorrah. So Jeremiah thinks that what Sodom did wrong was uh, walking around lying and adultery. Um, That's just Hollywood, baby. Sounds like that's just the business. That's just the biz, bud. (laughs) Sounds like Congress. A little. It's because adultery and lies. Uh, Ezekiel says, uh, uh, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. There I did away with them, as you have seen. Ooh, I'm kind of into that. Eat the ridge. Yeah. Ezekiel's fat phobics. And then Isaiah has a lot to say about Sodom. Uh, Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, aliens devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And daughter Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a shelter in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts has not left us a few survivors, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teachings of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So Isaiah thinks the problem is immigrants. But I mean, it's, it seems like the Sodomites also thought the problem was him. Yeah, they, they agreed. <laughs> they seemed to agree. <laughs> but yeah. Like a shelter in a cucumber field sounds very nice. Like they're both together like, oh, I know they hate. And then together like Mexicans. They're like, oh. <laughs> 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 they both just hold hands and like frolic through like daisies and shit. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was interesting that none of the prophets thought what Sodom did wrong was rape. They all thought it was like, being too wealthy and not being nice to guests. (laughs) The closest thing would be like adultery, like not okay sex. Yeah. But even then, it was was paired with lying. So it's kind of like the main crime of adultery is just lying. Yeah. I thought you guys might think that's fun, but...
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but is at least from... you asking me if Sodom was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You didn't fall for it. <laughs> the context, it, at least in my version, it kind of screams to me they were talking about sex, but... Like, yeah. It is odd that, like, in the other references, they're, they're just like, ah, oh, those people were bad. They, yeah, sex wasn't the thing they did wrong at all. They just showed up on a full moon, you know, there was, like, a nice cool breeze, everybody was feeling it. So, well, what's exactly interpreted as the, the gay part of all of that? They want to know the men. The two men that are guests, the crowd wants to know them. And um, that's, says, like, that's literally the only part that's... Mine's translated as they want to grope them. Want to grope them? Yeah. yeah, later translations just replace uh, to know with sex or to grope. Uh, so it kind of like the further you get from the original, the more it gets turns into sex. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not originally sex either. The word sodomy, did that come before or after this was written? It comes after. It comes from this story. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is where sodomite comes from. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. <laughs> How bad does your city have to be where someone's like, oh yeah, it's a real New Jersey of a place? A couple more interesting notes about the story and like the total lack of context or description going on. In verse 7, he says, and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. He also says brethren in some translations. So he considers these people like his friends. At least, at least he yeah. pretends they are when he please. Um... And there is, in verse 8, when he, like, tries to give up his daughters, um, it's really unclear as to whether or not he knows they're angels or not, but if he did, it would probably be perfectly reasonable to give up virgin daughters to protect angels, just because God could kind of fix that up pretty quick. Um, I'll get you two more, no guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he can, like, make Sarah fertile, I'm sure he can. Mm, it's like it's like chess. He's like, okay, what do I? Should I get rid of my pawn for a knight, or am I getting rid of like? He's, he's doing. I see. Okay. And then he like sees it in his head, and he's like, these daughters are pawns. Yeah. Throw them out. God's <laughs> only bargaining chip is like, I'll give you more kids. He's like, yeah. I'm getting. He's like, he's like, I'm trading a pawn for a queen. I'd be dumb to not do that. That's just basic chess. That's chess 101. Oh, and then one last note on uh, some a little bit more Hebrew. Uh, when it says that this man is judging us. The original Hebrew for it, uh, the word means to govern, uh, not necessarily a judgment of character. It, that, that's kind of where more of that lot being an important political figure comes from. When the people accuse him of judging them, they use the Hebrew word for governance, uh, not a judgment of character. Hmm. Oh, so he's saying like, they're saying like, ah, well, you're the government, like, uh, yeah. fuck the police. Who do you think you are? The government? Only the government can tell me what to do. Yeah. Sodom's a bunch of libertarians. <laughs> Sodom, Sodom is what libertarians want. <laughs> <laughs> Take the men out. Let us touch them. <laughs> Just give us gay sex. <laughs> Just give us a ton of gay sex. That's all we want. That's all we've ever wanted. Trying to run a train on these They're like, no Mexicans in, in gay sex. That's all we want. It's Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> You want to you wanna tell us what happens, Luke? In the next section? Yeah. What do you think happens, Alex? I mean, the writing on the wall seems like God's probably going to fuck it up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's, let's just get it over with. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is going to destroy the city. But his son-in-law thought he was joking. 
With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away with the city and is, uh, th when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand in the hands of the wife of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had been brought out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness for, to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, there is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well, I will grant you this request to you. I will not overthrow the town as you speak of. But flee there quickly, because I can't I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why your town that is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities, and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the land in the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe and overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. They really brushed past the pillar of salt, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, they don't explain that she at all. She got turned into a pillar of salt because she looked at what happened? Yeah. So it's like a Medusa no witnesses, situation. No loose ends. <laughs> no loose ends. God's like a mob next boss, next day, too. someone's like, so what'd you do to Sodom? And God's like, where? <laughs> I've heard of it. And, and Lot's like, God, God, my you brought my wife out here and like saved her, and now, now she's a pillar of salt. I'm, I just I missed something while I was while I was sleeping. You did something, and I need to know what. I was under the impression that there was no takebacks on like the warning. It's kind of funny too. Um, it's weird the way that we broke it up. Uh, they were all the people were outside when he offered up his daughters. And then it said, so Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were presumably also out in the crowd. <laughs> who were pledged to marry his daughters. And so you got to wonder what they think about all this. It's like, uh, hey, you can have my daughters. And his sons-in-law are like, oh, hold up, bro. Wait, 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 wait. How about we don't do that? I just wanted the angels. Yes. <laughs> my translation consist consistently calls them the daughters would be husbands. <laughs> so I guess it seemed like he was being sarcastic toward them. And they're like, all right, guy, if you don't want us to marry your daughters, then just say so. <laughs> the angels come down dick. and they say, get out of the city, go to the mountain. And Lot goes, I don't really want to go to the mountain. And they're like, well, like, what do you want to do? Like, we're destroying the city. And he's like, I just don't like the mountain that much. Mountain's not my favorite It's spot. uphill. Do you think it's him trying to, like, keep God from just, like, flooding the whole plane? He has a history. Yeah? As far as the powers that we know God has, flooding is one of them. Yeah, also apparently brimstone and fire. Do we... Do, do Mine we, says lava from the sky. Is that what brimstone is? No, it says brimstone and lava from the sky. Anyone know what a brimstone is? I think it's like sulfur. Let's, we got the internet, let's see. Yeah, like volcanic rock. I thought sulfur was like the devil's business. 
Well, maybe God like inspired the devil. Oh, this event, the devil was like, Ooh, it's pretty cool. Sulfur. Wow. Sulfur. Oh, it's stinky. It's archaic. Well, I guess if God created everything, he would include probably sulfur. The devil's instruments. Sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's an instrument of the devil, but I know that he so some people say that like sulfur is like a smell of the devil. He deeply associates with it. Yeah. Like who, who's that sulfur? Who's that politician that like they went onto the stage after George Bush spoke at the UN and he was like, it "Smells like sulfur up here." <laughs> Wait, what? That's that rude. Was, I think it's hilarious. George George W. Bush was like a horrible person. He was eating if, you're, if you're the leader of the free world, I feel like you've got a couple fart passes in you. Know? <laughs> well, uh, God also, so God also cut Abraham off at like the perfect time. And just dipped when he got to 10 because he's like, eh, there's probably like five there. I, there's no more than five. <laughs> I just got to dip now before he like talks me down again. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask the same question we did for the Babylon episode, uh, chapter 11. Uh, do you guys think this place is real? Sodom? Sodom. It's I real! Hope. I hope. You hope? Sounds like Saudi yeah, Arabia. I well, I guess we can't go anymore, but... Is that what they used to do? Is that why they have the government they have now? <laughs> they were too gay. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> too gay and wealthy. They peninsulum swung back. <laughs> no gay? <laughs> Maybe that new MBS guy will bring, usher in a new haven for... Uh, gay? gay. <laughs> <laughs> a gaven? A gaven. I mean, we can remain hopeful, but it's probably unlikely. Uh, well, I have good news for you, Alex. It's probably real. Is that good news? So, whereas with uh, Babylon, there is a historical account in the histories, there is a historical account that is not the Bible about Sodom. Uh, and it comes from Strabo. Uh, he's like a less cool uh, other guy uh, who wrote the histories. Herodotus. Yeah, he's less cool Herodotus. Herodotus. Why, why yeah. is he less cool than Herodotus? Uh, he's just less well-known. Uh, he, he wrote less. Um, yeah. He's, probably never heard of him. Yeah, you know. probably never it's heard of this guy. If you, like, if you like Herodotus, you might like Strabo. I check him out sometime. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because yeah, Herodotus, you know, not only did he write one of the first of, of histories, he wrote histories. So he probably wrote the first few. Yeah, this guy wrote... At least up to book 16 of a series he called Geography, which has kind of just as lame of a name as Histories. <laughs> yeah, but like when you're probably like the first person like using that as a title, it's got to feel pretty good. It feels big. You're like, it geography. feels monumental. Yeah. Geography. Yeah, like when he doesn't have to be like Strabo on geography, it's just geography. That's kind of a flex. Yeah. You, you, kinda, you know you're a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, so in uh, in book 16, uh, section 44, chapter 2 of the end. geography. It's towards the end. Uh, Strabo talks about um, Sodom, or at least the plains that are south of the Dead Sea. So it was now. plains. It's not a forest. It, well, it could have been before this happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, many other evidences are produced to show that the country is fiery. For near Masada are two... Uh, 
are to be so rugged rocks that have been scorched as also in many places fissures and ashy soil and drops of pitch that emit foul odors to a great distance and ruin settlements here and there. And therefore, people believed that oft-repeated assertions of the local inhabitants that there was once 13 inhabited cities in that region of which Sodom was the metropolis, but that a circuit of about 60 stadia and the city escaped unharmed, and that by reason of earthquakes and of eruptions of fire and hot water containing asphalt and sulfur, the lake burst its bounds, and rocks were enveloped in fire, and as for the cities, some were swallowed up and others were abandoned by such as were by such people were unable to escape. But Astrothenes says, on the contrary, that the country was a lake, and that most of it was uncovered in outbreaks, as was the case with the sea. So he describes an earthquake that leads fissures to crack in the ground, letting oil, crude oil, come up. Hell yeah. Ooh, the second guy said so it's like, a lake. Ch -ch <laughs> yes. Is he uh, describing it after the fact? Yeah, so he was around after the fact. He's, he's recounting a story that the locals tell about where they live. And the locals claim there was something that they describe as an earthquake and fire erupted from the ground and just kept on burning for long enough. Uh, and tar pits kind of formed. Remember in like 15 or 16 when we talked about the horses that were retreating ended up in tar pits? Yeah. So there was probably some sort of crude oil that was either near the surface or on the surface. Um, huh. And it was, it's referred to as tar in the Bible. But the way Strabo describes it, it's it's probably an earthquake that released burning oil. Whoa, that's so and awesome. And it could have just been, you know, the people of Abraham. Like, let's pretend that Abraham is, like, a group of people rather than one person because he had land and stuff. Yeah. yeah, he had friends. You know, they saw in their neighboring nation, Sodom, oh, shit, they got fucked up by that. That was our God. Yeah, that's yeah, that. exactly. That's, right, that, that. that's what happens every time a natural disaster occurs. People are like... My God, did that? Yeah. <laughs> and the moral of the story is don't form rape mobs. <laughs> but yeah, there's also another fun reference. The Akkadians have a poem about the destruction of Sodom. Uh, and uh, it could be found in Cuneiform inscri Inscriptions of West Asia, Volume 4, 19i, uh, if you want to look it up. Um, and it, uh, that... that text also has a bunch of other fun Akkadian poems. You're not going to recite but. it to us. So, in the Akkadian poem, it says, An overthrow from the midst of the depth of deep two there came. The, fate punish, uh, the fated punishment from the midst of heaven descended. A storm like a plummet the earth overwhelmed. To the four winds the destroying flood like fire did burn. The inhabitants of the cities it caused to be tormented. Their bodies it consumed. And the city, the country, and uh, city and country, it spread death, and the flames as they rose overthrew. Freemen and slaves were equal in the high places it filled, and heaven and earth like a thunderstorm it had rained a prey it made, a place of refuge the gods hastened to, and a th throng collected. The mighty onset they fled from, and like a garment concealed mankind, they feared and they feared death. They feared and death overtook them. Their feet in their hands it embraced. They're no Robert Frost. No, no, yeah. Maybe Neither am I. <laughs> Maybe it was better in Old Acadian. Yeah, <laughs> might have sounded prettier back then. Like in their language, probably, maybe. Yeah. I don't think they spoke English. But yeah, the poem basically describes people being consumed by flooding fire, um, which 
Could be the Dead Sea uh, flooding over from an earthquake nearby. Could also be uh, burning tar. I mean, there are other occasions where there's burning tar, and people in those other places have also ascribed some sort of, like, hell or heaven religious significance to it. Yeah. Uh, there's this place in Turkmenistan where they've just had oil coming out of the ground for years, and it's all on fire, and so they call it the Gates of Hell. Oh, I think I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of, that one's my favorite theory. It makes the most sense that it's a natural disaster, and especially unlike the Tower of Babel, where mainly just people claim to have taken it down, and that one, there's other stories from other cultures about what was going on, and the natives of that area, according to Strabo, had a story about it too. So it feels like a little bit more likely that it needs to be like credited as not just a made-up story than something that actually probably happened. Fire and, but, fire and brimstone actually did occur. Yeah, yeah, some sort of fire probably happened. We're, yeah, we're not uh, sure. Uh, someone saw a tar coming up from the ground and got stressed out, and they're like, let me light a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also, like, well, you know, maybe maybe there's other people. I'm, I, <laughs> this is honestly conjecture, but maybe if you scour, scour the internet, you can find some people's ideas on where, I guess, Sodom would be. Yeah. Um, and how there might be some archaeology on it. I've got two spots. Oh, uh, she's still getting the stuff. Yeah, well, um, that yeah, that was a great transition though, because I've got two spots. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure there is, but like, I don't want to. Yeah, no. Uh, so there's two theories. There's I got bets the... on Pompeii. Pompeii. <laughs> Relax. So there's the northern theory and the southern theory, and they're exactly what it sounds like. Some people think that the archaeological site is north of the Dead Sea, and some people think it is in the Valley of Sidim, which is south of the Dead Sea. Uh, and the Bible describes it as being in the Valley of Sidim earlier uh, in chapter 15 where that war happens. But the northern theory is the more fun one because it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm coming out with a take after two days of research that the northern theory is the dumber one. <laughs> okay. But uh, the theory is uh, based around a site called Tal, uh, Tal El Hammam, uh, which was started by this guy named Stephen Collins, an archaeologist from Trinity Southwest University, uh, which is an unaccredited Christian university based out of Albuquerque. Nice. <laughs> I'm going for Northern! <laughs> Stephen Collins is quoted in the Week article saying the site is at least five uh, at least five to ten times larger than all the other Bronze Age sites in the region, granting credibility to his claim, which is not true. It's not five to ten times larger. <laughs> it's just like a regular-sized site. Hey, man, that's your homeboy you're putting down. I think we've got to stand by him. Uh, another Brickinian? him on the podcast. <laughs> so, Stephen, why do you think this dumb... Why are you fucking idiots, Steven? <laughs> lightning going on. I think this might be Sodom now. <laughs> so the website for TSU offers $4,000 signups to go and participate in the dig, offering a discount for students, but allowing anyone who's physically fit enough to help with the opportunity to participate in history. Podcast in Sodom? <laughs> what well, could be better? Uh, and Stephen Collins wrote a book on his dig called Discovering the City of Sodom, the fascinating true account of the discovery of the Old Testament's most infamous city. So it's true. Uh, why didn't he just call it Discovering Sodomy? <laughs> he could have totally sold it and what was his name? just killed it. Stephen Collins. I think it should have been Stephen Collins on Sodomy. <laughs> so I, I do want to read an excerpt from his book because... This might sound like it's an academic piece. It's not. It's an action story. Tell me the unaccredited <laughs> Albuquerque Christian College is not 
academic? It's, it, it gets academic towards the end, but the entire setup is an action story. Dude, I'm, I'm so ready. I am ready to go to this college. It was two weeks into a three-week archaeological study tour of the Holy Land in 1996 that Dr. Stephen Collins began to feel a bit uneasy. Perhaps, he thought, it was hair-raising journey the day before. The tour bus had wrenched everyone's stomachs and equilibriums as it clung to a precipitous long road, scraped along the Wadi Quelt's sun-bleached southern edge. Or maybe it was the still-fresh memories of the fact that in the very ravine just a year before, two Israelis had been gunned down by fighters from the Palestine Liberation Organization in broad daylight. Are you sure we're safe here? The question came from Peggy and Hoffman, who'd brought up the recent shootings just as they arrived at the parking area to walk down the sloping stone asphalt walkway. My guidebook says that this isn't a safe place to travel alone. She brushed her limp platinum hair out of her eyes. This man has been watching way too much Indiana Jones. I was about to say, it's like Indiana Jones. <laughs> we, we got to none of this in my archaeology class. We didn't even get whips. <laughs> So, if you could probably guess, a lot of other theologians and archaeologists trash on Stephen Collins regularly. Uh, <laughs> mainly because uh, Stephen Collins' big claim is that he believes his site is the most in line with the biblical account. But all other theologians and archaeologists basically said, bro, the Bible says Sodom is in the Valley of Sidim, and the Valley of Sidim is south of the Dead Sea. Has he responded to that? He he doesn't have very... Most of the things he says are advertising plugs. Uh, do, you, do you think that he found another site there that he's like, you know, there's definitely stuff here. It's not Sodom, but I need people to come out here and help me. <laughs> I think that could have been what happened because the site is real and TSU charges a lot of money to go help. Uh, well, really? How much do they charge? 4000 Wow. Holy yeah. shit, that's if a- you're a student, though, you can go for 900 Guys, come on. Why are we not going? 900 isn't a lot to like go out there and visit. This. It's really not. And I mean, at that point, you're, 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 you're stealing. You're stealing. You're, you're robbing them. You're robbing them. Yeah, that, that includes price. the airplane flight and food. Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious how much of like a a business they're running out of this thing. But, uh, but yeah, that's the Northern Theory. Stephen Collins. Uh, I don't even need to hear the Southern. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Oh, one last fun thing about Stephen Collins is he has a he wrote a uh, research paper that is much more academic about an airburst theory, which is a natural phenomenon where the air explodes from heat, and he believes that's what destroyed Sodom. A natural phenomenon? I've never heard of it. Where does this happen? The air just explodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's the last thing on Stephen Collins. Is that like is that like a molecule gets so hot that like it can't handle all the stuff inside of it, and it like. I'm gonna be honest. It I have, yeah. I have no idea what it is, and I didn't really care to read it. You, you read the words "naturally occurring phenomenon" where the air explodes, <laughs> and you thought, "Yeah, that's fine." Yeah, I don't need to know about that. <laughs> like, this had, happens when I'm driving. I had a lot of other things to read about. <laughs> so the Southern theory, and I'll go through. I'll fly through this one. All quacks. The Southern theory doesn't claim any specific site, which is probably the most credible thing about it. Yeah, they wouldn't. Uh, it's more so the general area of the Sidim Valley. Uh, there are lots of sites that fall into this category, such as Bab Ed Dara, Al Safi, and Numeria, which Numeria you might have heard of. They, I don't mean to say that in a patronizing they invented way. Invented numbers. Yes, Numbaria. Um, the area 
uh, of the Sidian Valley has actual salt pillars that have formed naturally, uh, which oh, could you mean bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Show some respect. Uh, which grants it even more credibility to the biblical retelling. That really does. And because um, why? Why else would you mention that? Yeah, yeah. If unless people saw. Salt pillars there, yeah. and they were like, "I wonder what that salt is." Salt pillars, not salt pillars. There's multiple salt pillars okay. there. Yeah, I like to imagine that's just the other people who were like walking away from the city. One of their buddies taps them on the opposite shoulder, and they turn around. Break <laughs> <laughs> you, bro. I got you. Whoa, whoa, fuck, oh, dude. Shoot. Abraham's wife just goes to rest in the shade of this salt pillar, and he turns around. And he's like, "Wow, she's gone. <laughs> just keeps moving." Well, shit, she comes yeah. out ten minutes later. Like, where did he go? So he was just here. <laughs> this proposition uh, lines up with the most likely explanation for the actual destruction of the cities being fire and brimstone, like actual burning crude tar. Uh, take, us to, take us to chemistry class. Does, does fire and brimstone equal salt? Uh, I don't know about that. That was not something I explored. Uh, but the other natural, uh, Philip Sylvia is the guy with the airburst theory, if anyone wants to look them up. And his friend Stephen Collins wrote the paper on it. Um, and uh, the paper is called, because I thought everyone's going to want to read that shit, uh, Middle Gore Event, Catastrophic Termination of a Bronze Age Civilization. But uh, in closing of all of the theories, uh, Britannica actually does a really good summary of the tar hypothesis, which is what we've kind of discussed. Sodom and Gomorrah are possibly located under an adjacent to the shallow waters south of Al-Asan, a former peninsula in the central part of the Dead Sea in Israel that now fully separates the sea's northern and southern basins. They presumably were devastated about 1900 BCE by an earthquake in the Dead Sea area and the East African Rift System, an extensive geologic rift exerting, extending southward from the Jordan River Valley in Israel to the Zambazi River System in eastern Africa. Archaeological evidence indicates that there was once f the fertile land in this area in the Middle East Bronze Age from 2000 to 1500 BCE, with fresh water flowing into the Dead Sea in sufficient amounts to sustain agriculture. Because of the fertile land, Lot settled the area and the cities of the Valley of Sedim, the Salt Sea, or the Dead Sea, to graze his flocks. When the catastrophic destruction occurred, the petroleum and gases existing in the area probably contributed to the imagery of brimstone and fire that accompanied the geological upheaval that destroyed the cities. Har Saddam, Arabic Jabal Ustam, or Mount Sodom at the southwestern end of the sea reflects Sodom's name. The present-day industrial site of Saddam, Israel, and the Dead Sea shore is located near the presumed site of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. So that was kind of the best concise summary that puts together the southern theory with the tar hypothesis. I just think we're breezing over airburst too quickly. <laughs> I tried to look it up. I couldn't. What was it? Middle Gore? Uh, I'll text it to all you okay, guys. Word. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I, I read the first page and I was like, I'm not wasting my time on this. The airburst theory, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a time suck. Sometimes you'll just be walking and then just... The air will explode. Boom! Boom. <laughs> I mean, look, it happened in at least two cities. Yeah. But All yeah. right, I'll uh, take us home. Yeah, go for it. I guess it's a little bit of a side story. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, 
and there is not a man in the earth to come in to us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also. And go thou in and lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their fathers drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab, possibly Moab. <laughs> the same is the father of the... Yeah, my friends call me Moab. <laughs> <laughs> Same as the father of the Moabites or the Moabites unto this <laughs> unto this day. And the younger she also bare a son, and called his name Ben Ami or Ben Ami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Wow, what a what a twist to end end off the story of Lot. Hopefully, I mean, I'm kind of done with his family. <laughs> before, before we get to all like the you know like father sleeping, I just want to point out that first Lot was leaving the city, and the angel said, "Go to the mountains," and he said, "No, I want to go to Zoar," and then he goes, "I don't want to go to Zoar. Let's go to the mountains." <laughs> I think he might have been afraid of Zoar with the destruction going on, but that's my only guess. But I don't... He, his reason for going to Zoar was, he says, who knows what could happen in the mountains. Like, <laughs> but he wants to stay in the plane that's being flooded with fucking fire. The daughters might have been under the impression that everyone else on Earth was dead. That this was another Noah story. Uh, and that they had to do what they had to do. Uh, that's the only justification I've I've seen for that, so... I don't really know what their reasoning was, but it could be that they saw this gigantic burning valley and thought literally everything they knew was gone. I, I, you could believe it, but you, yeah. at some point you'd think you would go out and look. Maybe not the first night. <laughs> also, I, thought, I, I think they were so a little bit too excited to get on it. <laughs> yeah. okay. what, what, what's so interesting is in in my translation, they they specified they use the word perceived. Instead of, like, the obvious one, new. Because, because you wouldn't say perceived not. Yeah. You wouldn't say knew not if they were knowing each other. Knew not yeah. if they were knowing one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perceived was another one that was... Uh, that Mine was says he was oblivious. Oblivious. Without blivy. Without blivy. I realized I said uh, Abraham asked God for a son, but then he gave Lot two sons. Yeah, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so... What's I, I missed a little bit. What's Abraham's relationship to Lot? Like, why nephew. did he want? Okay, Lot is Abraham's nephew. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're they they're tangentially related. It's kind of Lot is kind of Abraham's closest family member. That is a man, I think. Yeah, uh, he's the most mentioned one at least. So, and they were the ones with the most, I guess, power. The most shit. Yeah, yeah. They had, some they had so much. They each had so much shit that they had to like 
get a little bit farther apart. Yeah, they had to franchise. But yeah, that's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. That was uh, that was quite the journey. Fucking roller coaster. If I, if I do say so myself. It had everything. It had love. It had action. It had God. <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask for? It had action. You're not wrong. You know, it's weird that people... Like, the main takeaway that I've always heard from Sodom and Gomorrah is sodomy. Like, yeah. don't sleep with another man. But... No one mentions that, like, oh, yeah, no, Lot's daughters just got him drunk and slept with him. And that was fine. Yeah, the thing that I find interesting about the moral being sodomy is that's, like, one verse. A lot of the context is, like, people being dicks and, like, adultery and a lot of other, like, a genocide. Like, there's a lot of other things that Abraham having to talk reason with God like, there's a lot more, like, material than just gay bad. I mean, immigration. Yeah. Immigration, about, yeah. They talked about immigration. That's a big, that's a hot button issue even today. In yeah. No, yeah, they, they actually talk about immigration probably, I, maybe, like, two times. And they talk about sodomy once. And they're like, I, they're like, all these Mexicans here, they need to go. <laughs> I'm tired of them being governors. I'm fine with the gays, but those Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how long has the... Because, I, I mean, that could just be, like, a more modern interpretation that has, I mean, like, modernized. Maybe not modern, but, like, when I say modern compared to this book. Yeah. Like the last 300 years. I, I don't really yeah. know. When did the Christ, when did Christianity turn anti-gay? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think... Oh, go ahead. I think it just depends on the people, I guess. Maybe it's never, maybe it's never been anti-gay. It's just, like, the people just read this, and they're like, oh, it's, it's anti-gay now. No, I think there's something to do with, like, the 1930s. The church got really anti-gay. Oh, what happened in the 30s? Were people being gay? <laughs> uh, well, if you're in a depression, there ain't much else to do. <laughs> people being gay? <laughs> Look I, that up, Luke. I, I'm, I'm looking up when sodomy became a term to refer to homosexuality, because that could give us a pointer as to when this story was interpreted as anti-gay. I was you are going to Google, were the 30s gay? Please. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> it's been being used since the 1800s to refer to gayness. In the 30s? Uh, 18. 1830s, you say? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. You can't be having gay people while you're... I'm seeing a good opportunity going through for the like industrial revolution. Sure, yeah. A new wrestling duo of Sodom and Gomorrah. This 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 whole story, I'm just not really fully sure of what I'm supposed to be getting out of it. Yeah, me too. Um, again, it's like more evidence that God is a mysterious dude with kind of lab. crazy motives. Yeah, it it's unclear as to what he wants. I think there's a little bit of insight into what God thought was wrong because of what three of the prophets say about Sodom, and like the prophets are supposedly the the, the like the will of God. So they, I, I feel like that's some credibility as to what's going on, like adultery and like the the greediness. But I, I feel like if it was a well written moral story, not that this is poorly written, but if it was a well written moral story, it would be more clear about what our takeaway is supposed to be. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that they were trying to rape two angels; it was the fact that they were all married and they were trying to rape two angels. <laughs> that's all, not stuff you do when you're married. <laughs> that's some bachelor stuff. Yeah, rape rape gangs are only for single men. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, the worst takeaway. Yeah, this is not an endorsement of that. If you're gonna do that in our name, you're a bad person. You bad. Work on yourself. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
rape gangs only for single men. Yeah, I, I, that's what I got. Yeah, again, yeah. again. That was, just, that was what you heard. Yeah. Yeah. For future, okay, yeah. future rape legal, gangs, legal single men, like, no Mexicans. We are that's, not that's all that I got from this. Well, we're uh, we're at a really difficult place to edit this down to an hour. Uh, we're closing on two hours, so uh, that was Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about more boring stuff. Uh, Are we? Should we make it more interesting? We could spice it up. We, we could do it all while juggling knives. Actually, wait. No, I lied. It's not going to be boring. We talk about the Binding of Isaac. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's a great game. Yeah. Oh, no, not the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, God gaslights Abraham hard. Uh, but I'll from, leave it at that. We're going from sodomy into BDSM. <laughs> yes. Epic gamer moments coming oh, up. Yeah, <laughs> all right. See you guys next week. Godspeed. See you guys next week. Happy Gay Pride Month. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.